Whether it's bad planning, bad luck, bad timing, or bad inventions, well-intentioned bad decisions have plagued history for thousands of years. Welcome to Historic Hindsight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Historic Hindsight. I'm John, that's Tom, and today we're going to talk to you about the Battle of Chancellorsville. That's right, Johnny, the Battle of Chancellorsville, or the Siege of Chancellorsville. I went ahead and kept my Civil War in hindsight uh, stuff up because it's a Civil War battle. Hey, so there we not? go. Yeah. I, I will preface that this is going to be a two-part episode because being that it was more of a campaign than a single battle, it is a long one. Oh, so, boy. Buckle up. So buckle up. All right, All so right. Uh, set the stage. Where are we in the Civil War during this? Is this towards right. the beginning, or uh, we are we are we are in the middle, uh, or yeah, well, early middle half. So this is right after the Battle of Fredericksburg, which we've already covered, which was uh, Burnside's blunder there, and then uh, you know there's some things that happen afterwards, and this is kind of the next big campaign after the Fredericksburg campaign. Okay. Uh, it's a, ba- a series of battles that take place between April 30th uh, to May 6th, 1863. In total, the Union side in the campaign had around 133,868 men that were present and equipped for duty versus the Confederates, uh, 60,298,000 men. So, um, 40% more or so. Yeah, you've got... No, you got yeah, you got double. It's double. Nearly, nearly Sixty thousand to one hundred and thirty. Yeah. Oh, well, one hundred and thirty. Okay, I just yeah, one hundred and thirty. Yeah, that's no, one hundred and thirty okay. to yep, sixty. There you go, double. You're double. Um, uh, and yeah, that's also large. That, look at, these are not your couple hundred soldier yeah. battles. Looking good for the Union. How could this possibly go wrong, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like it could. You you got them outnumbered two to one. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. Uh, this battle will uh, spoiler alert. It's going to become known as Lee's perfect battle. Um, Uh but in reality, I'm going to go ahead and this whole series of, of of these two episodes are going to be more of dispelling that because it's not like Lee was a genius. So Lee was garbage. Yeah. Well, yes. Worst general ever. His choices, well, no, not worse than Hooker. His choices <laughs> that he made were because he had really no other choice. It was the only feasible means to go about it. It was more of Hooker being a moron okay. that, uh. So you're saying that the, to win. all of these brilliant choices in quotations that he made were really just, of course, you're going to do that. It was the obvious answer. It was the easy, like, there was no other option except to do this. He's playing a linear video game and people are congratulating him for his strategy. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll get there. So the battle lead up, the battle lead up. So the campaign's going to begin in the aftermath of, like I said, Burnside's blunder in Fredericksburg. After the Union loss in Fredericksburg of the winter of 1862, the Union Army would take up a position north on basically on the north bank of the Rappahannock River around Fredericksburg. Burnside would attempt to um, go Soviet style and purge most of his general staff, uh, claiming that it was their fault that that Fredericksburg went Uh, off the way that it did. Throw him under Uh, the bus. I like it. Yeah. But Lincoln uh, friendly reminded Burnside that, yeah, you, you can't do that without the authority of Congress. Um, so you're going to go ahead and turn in your resignation or am I going to fire you? Yeah. Okay. So Burnside not only turned in his resignation, but also (laughs) for the first time in this war, the the second time was in our, one of our very first episode that we did. Uh, but for the first time in the war offered to resign completely from the army. Like I'm a failure. (laughs) I quit. (laughs) I'm done. Yeah. Uh, fine. I'm out. But Lincoln wouldn't let him, which. (laughs) probably he would regret later i mean that's bad management like you're bringing in a guy you're like you keep messing up you're doing terrible things you're not a good employee 
Uh, and the employee's like, okay, well, I understand. Maybe I'm not cut out for this job. I don't want it. I'll go ahead and quit. You can find somebody to replace me. He's like, no, you don't get to do that. Yeah, no, You're no, going to no. keep messing up and being awful. But but, but try to do better. Position. Yeah, no, you're going to be middle management now, not upper management. Yeah, okay. Yeah, a nice little demotion there. Uh, so Burnside's going to be replaced by General Joseph Hooker, a.k.a. Fighting Joe Hooker, which that nickname is kind of ironically mistaken because what had actually happened was there was a newspaper article that forgot the um, the hyphen between fighting and then Joseph Hooker. So the article was supposed to be fighting, Joseph Hooker was in, engaged here, yeah. uh, but they forgot the hyphen, so it became fighting Joe Hooker, and so the nickname stuck. See, um, this is what happens. New, newspaper uh, headlines always do this. They try to get cute, and they leave out like little articles and stuff here and there, and it just completely confuses the meaning. Say what yeah. you mean. So, uh, <laughs> so Lincoln will replace him with Fighting Joe Hooker. Can you guess his occupation, Johnny? We're going to go back to that. Uh, all right, I'm going to go uh, career military on him. Yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner, All right, Johnny. there we go. He is career military. He would graduate from the... From the U.S. Military Academy, 29th in his class out of 50. So, Wait. <laughs> all right, bottom half, nice. That's good. That's so you know, half, it's yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, what are grades, right? What are what are those things, anyways? We're only judging you on how good of an officer you could potentially be. Uh, hmm. uh, but in any case, um, he would he would be stuck in command. Lincoln would appoint him the General of the Army of the Potomac on January 26, 1863, and Lincoln thought that Harker would have the courage to take the fight to the Confederates that his previous three generals didn't. Now, I can't emphasize enough, previous three generals didn't because they didn't. They, everybody's been timid. Everybody's been slow. I mean, even with Burnside, who was supposed to take the, the, the attack to Lee, did a great job of crossing the Rappahannock and, like, getting down there way in front of Lee, but then just kind of sat there and waited for boats before going think, into Fredericksburg. It was do, you, do you think the hesitation is that it's it's your fighting your own country at all? Is it any of that? Or is it just like, I think it's, poor I think it's management? More, I think it's more poor management. Like they just don't have their own confidence to lead that many troops because in all these generals' defense, it is A, a lot harder to lead an offensive campaign than a defensive campaign. Sure. And B, you are engaging armies that are larger than has ever seen U.S. battle before. So, so it's up, them up getting point, overwhelmed. The largest armies. Yeah, they're they're overwhelmed. They're getting to I mean, they're getting to a point in the campaign, and they're like, okay, they it's it's unprecedented. They've never been to a is, spot you know, where they're commanding that many people to say, okay, keep going, keep pressing, keep yeah driving. And to into be fair, it. you're you're leading fifty thousand or more troops in the battle, and there's no radios, so you either uh -huh. have to yeah. your your communication Forget is it. a guy running around with notes for between regiment to regiment or <laughs> always, some guy in the background with flags flying them around going I, eh, do this. Yeah. i so, always forget how hard communication would yeah. have been even even in world war one and two but let alone like the civil war in, there is, in that, that type like, of time there's nothing it's all right write this down on this scroll and and tape it to a pigeon and hope it gets there and that's like your fastest form of communication Yep. Uh, by this time in the war, Lincoln had already known, like, it's there's no more point in trying to get a specific geographical location as much as it is just destroying the Confederate Army. Like, if we destroy the major Confederate Army, which is Lee's army in the east, mm -hmm. then we pretty much win. It doesn't matter whether we take Richmond or not. Go after the army. So that's his right. command to Hooker is go after the army. Destroy Lee. Yeah, so basically we don't have to recapture the territories like we're invading a... a new country we have to just defeat the army and then the territories will 
fold and fall they back don't have under anything. because yeah, yeah. It's, they don't have another choice. Yes, exactly. So the the, the mission kind of changes a little bit, but but not really because in order to get to Lee, you kind of have to pressure Richmond. But anyways, so Hooker's plan, his first plan, is uh, is to take the newly established military bureau of intelligence that he helped create. Uh, and supplement that with the Pinkertons that we've talked about in the previous mm -hmm. video that we've had. Uh, so before the Military Bureau of Investigations, they pretty much solely relied on the Pinkertons' um, completely ethical interrogations of prisoners that I'm sure had no torture involved yeah. at oh, all no. yeah. to get information. Absolutely uh, and now, now they have a combination of uh, civilian spies, Pinkertons, uh, military scouts, that have reported information about Lee's positions and, and how best to approach. So he uses this information and determines that if he can take uh, his 10,000 cavalry soldiers, take them way upriver down behind Lee's lines and start engaging in raiding exercises uh, around Richmond, it would force Lee to abandon his well-fortified positions around Fredericksburg. And then once he's in, you know, once he's down on the move to the cavalry, Hooker can cross the Rappahannock River and engage Lee in less, you know, better positions that's not defended by Lee. So okay, yeah. So kind of kind of pulling them, get him out of the trenches, the, so you can yeah. you can hit him where you know where it hurt. It, not a bad plan on paper. It seems it's like it, I, you know, yeah. hey, that's what I would go with. You know, weaken a position so war. you can yeah. evade it. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, but heavy rains leading up to this plan crossing on April thirteenth prevented this. Uh, this crossing from occurring. So heavy rains made the crossing zone too flooded from the river. They couldn't cross. We're stuck. Plans, plans, plans scrapped. We're already. Yeah, so they were about to have their entire uh, wagon on the Oregon trail, just get washed away down the river because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm guessing the rains caused the river to rise and it was too fast and they couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hooker, in a letter to, uh, I believe it was a letter to Lincoln, said that, uh, and I quote, My plans are perfect, and when I start to carry them out, may God have mercy on Lee, for I shall have none. I so like Hooker, it, yeah. Hooker's pretty confident. Okay. Like, I'm all, yeah, okay, I can get, I can get down with that. With Living up to his name. Although after this failed crossing, uh, Lincoln would respond back with, I greatly fear it's another failure already. <laughs> so... <laughs> Throw in shade immediately. Be like, nah, dude, so, you've already messed this up. Come on, how are you going to keep losing shit for me? Knock it right. off. <laughs> uh, so, so Hooker has to go back to the drawing board and come up with a new plan, and it is oh so different from his first plan, but not really. So he's still going to send the cavalry south, uh, okay. down, to, down to attack Lee's rear, but at the same time, he's also going to attack Fredericksburg, and then he himself is going to go down the, uh, the Rappahannock west of Fredericksburg and come in from the west. So you've got so the cavalry kind of going... Yeah, three-prong approach. You yeah. have the cavalry going way south to hopefully distract Lee. You've got Fredericksburg, which is supposed to be a distracting assault, so Lee focuses on Fredericksburg yeah. while Hooker comes in from the west. Okay. I mean, uh, that, not a, you know, again, a little not, bit different, but different. Not a bad plan. But the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we look different, but same, same. <laughs> same. Same, same, but different, but still same. <laughs> Uh, movement would begin on April 27th when Hooker's initial three corps would cross the Rappahannock and begin to concentrate uh, around the hamlet of Chancellorsville, which is a single large brick mansion at the junction of Orange Turnpike and Orange Plank Road. Huh. Is it still standing? Uh, yeah, I think it is, still, it is still standing, I think. Or at least part of it is. Maybe it got bombed out. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't we'll find out. We'll find, we'll, we'll find out next week in part two <laughs> when I bother <laughs> when to look it up. Bombed.
what <laughs> I bothered to look it up. On April 29th, General Cedric of the U.S. Army uh, was able to cross the Rappahannock south of Fredericksburg unopposed. So he's going right into Fredericksburg. All right. Great. It's we're, working. We're doing great. The cavalry was also able to cross on the 29th. So, winner. Looking we're good. Across, yeah, like the, the biggest Confederate defensive position was the river itself. You keep the river between us, right. it's hard to cross a river, right? Yeah, they got two groups across. Two, uh... we, we, yeah, we cross our entire army across the river without a problem. We're across. We're good. Unopposed. So two, so two out of the three plans so far have gone according to plan, and they, they're where they need to be uh, for the battle to start taking place, or for everything to start coming to a head. When's the attack yes, plan? Yes, yeah. so, uh, so Hooker himself would arrive uh, at the mansion on the 30th of April. And he would establish the mansion as his headquarters. I love this uh, whole military, like, you know, we fought the Revolutionary War so the British wouldn't, like, you know, yeah. take over our property. And here we are, like, 30 rebels! You're a traitor! We're taking over your property. Well, Which, I mean, but... Yes. By no, all means. what happened was they tried to take our property, and we're like, no, it's ours. We're going to keep using it. Uh, nice mansion, by the way. Uh, I'm going to set up headquarters <laughs> right here. Right? Why not? Um... <laughs> Hooker was pleased at the crossings that, that went largely unopposed, and Lee, at this point in time on the 30th, was largely in the dark about Union's intention. He did not realize that the troops had crossed uh, you know, west of his position. He hadn't realized that they had crossed yet, because Jeb Stewart's cavalry was actually cut off by the Union cav. So, communication, basically Lee's entire battle strategy, eyes, was his, his cavalry, which is... At this point in time, the, the normal thing to do, your eyes are the you know, fast moving. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's how you move around quickly. You, you send scouts out or, and whatnot. And, so and, this, so his, his scouts basically got intercepted? Uh, they didn't get engaged, but they got cut off, so they couldn't easily get so back they, to Lee Okay, gotcha. So largely, like on the 30th, he's, he's kind of in the dark up until the 9th or the 30th. Um, at this point in time, by May 1st, Hooker actually had 70,000 men in and around Chancellorsville, in addition to the 40,000 men that were around Fredericksburg. It's I, going well. I don't know how this plan goes south at this <laughs> like, point. What? You got Lee, who has really no path to retreat. So the way the Rappahannock goes, like, you can't go north because Rappahannock's there. Yeah, Rappahannock's. It yeah. wraps around. That's where it got its name, yeah. right? I, I, sure. Uh, so you've got Fredericksburg that has Union troops in it. Uh, and, yeah. you know, granted, the, the Confederate positions are still uh, heavily defended at Mayor's Heights and um, uh, Pleasant Hill, which is the two major engagements of the last Fredericksburg battle. And they held that position for logical reasons. I mean, <laughs> it yeah. worked the last time. Yeah. Yeah, might as but well keep it. you've got essentially at this point in time nothing, nothing really between – Hooker and the whole flank, the whole rear flank yeah. of Lee's Lee's army. So just go. Yeah, I mean that March. was the design, right? You go and do you, you do that and then then everybody comes down all together. I mean, if they had and radios, I'll bet it would have been fine. You could have surrounded like what should have happened is uh is is the forces at Fredericksburg should have began their assault and then Hooker should have marched on. But we'll get to what actually okay. happens. Yeah. So by the morning of May first, Lee's finally gotten you know communication back from from Jeb Stewart, and it's now understanding that oh, shit they turned my flank, so I got to do something about. It. Okay. Now this is where one of his first brilliant genius plans come up, which isn't a brilliant genius plan. You got to remember he's in Fredericksburg. Yeah. 
Hooker's here. Right. Nothing between them. Yep. All of his defensive positions are pointed that way to Fredericksburg, where okay. uh, where the Union troops are now at. So All right. defensive positions do you no good if they're coming up from the side and behind you. Right. Yeah, your guns are pointed the wrong direction. <laughs> so <laughs> The walls he's gotta... are on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah. So he makes his first genius decision, a.k.a. Uh-huh. the only decision he has, and take a sunk chunk of his troops, in this particular case he takes four-fifths of his army, and moves them west. Okay. So that to way he can engage. Yeah. So he can engage Hooker west, leaving one fifth of his army at Fredericksburg. Because now, it's thought, in defensive position, and they have they have they have they, they, they have yeah. Mayor's Heights behind the sunken road that served them very well in the last battle. Right. Lee rightfully predicted that uh, General Cedric of the Union Army would be cautious. Uh, with his men, and uh, so he thought that 11,000 men and 56 guns would be able to defend against Cedric's 40,000 men. Uh, which eventually would become, like, Fredericksburg 2.0, but not really. We'll get there later. Okay. Now, as he's moving the rest of his army west to engage at Chancellorsville, uh, he has General Stonewall Jackson march west to engage Hooker on the east section of his army. Uh, can you... So I'm going to... This is. I'm only going to do this for two of the two of the generals because they're really the two big ones that they're playing here. So Stonewall Jackson, Johnny, can you, can you oh, guess geez. his occupation? All right. So it's either career military. What's the, what's my other option usually? It's it's a uh, a lawyer, career military, uh, a railroad, you know, businessman like a tycoon kind of guy. I mean, it probably career military too, right? Most of these guys. For the most part, he is level. career military, but he is also a teacher prior to the war. What? what oh, did, prior to the Mexican American War. What did he teach? Uh, well, he, he, he did teach in the schoolhouse, but he also taught one of his uncle's slaves to read in exchange for pine knots that he would use to, uh, to burn, uh, for light so he could read at night. So, oh, so Jackson befriended okay. the slave boy and, and taught him how to read in exchange for that slave boy giving him basically a candle. And, uh, Fair and trade. once, uh, which, which is completely illegal at this point in time, you can't right. teach slaves how to read, but. Yeah, who would Jackson, want them to have knowledge? Jackson didn't care. And the minute the boy was literate, he uh, he ran to Canada. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, but after that, he was career military, so, you know, there's that. Now, uh, Cedric would, uh, would predictably wait uh, with his advance, trying to see what Lee's intentions were. And, uh, and while Hooker... Hooker's going to crap in the bed and just roll all over it from May 1st through the rest of this battle. It starts at the beginning. uh There is not a single move that he makes that is worth a damn. So, again, right now, to paint the picture, at the start of May 1st, Lee is over here. uh, uh, Stonewall Jackson is starting to move out. And basically you have Lee surrounded on two sides. So just press your advantage. You've got, uh, at Fredericksburg, you've got a four-to-one advantage. And, uh, and everywhere else, you still have about a two-to-one advantage. So, so, so press. So, yeah. So, press basically, hard, press he, came up, he came up with a brilliant plan. Or a good plan, anyway. A plan that got set up and was ready to work. And all the pieces were in its place. All the pieces and then, fell, it worked, yeah. Instead of pushing the play button and having all the pieces do their thing, uh, he took a bat to it. Pretty much. So, um, 
So before the dawn of May 4, uh, May 1st, sorry, uh, Stonewall had already started to move in his western position. There was a small force underneath uh, General Anderson uh, that was near Zion Church, uh, which is, is west of Fredericksburg uh, and uh, a little bit east of the positions of the Union forces. They have dug in around Zion Church and are ready to defend their position. Uh, Stonewall Jackson would get there around 8 a.m. and say, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to go ahead and attack because I'm Stonewall mother effing yeah, Jackson. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that's what I do because get after I it. don't care about my troops' lives. No, you got to win that war. I got, that's how I got my nickname. Now, <coughs> around 11 a.m., Stonewall would, uh, would, would move out of his positions uh, and he would send um, – McLaws division to take the north road to Chancellorsville, and he and Anderson would take the southern road, the southern plank road, to Chancellorsville. There's basically two roads leading east into Chancellorsville. Okay. He splits his army, one north, one south. Not a bad plan. Yeah. At the same time, Hooker is giving his men the orders to do the same thing. Several of his troops are going north, several of his troops are going on the southern road, and oh, oh my god, they collide. Wait, what? You know, when Wait, you, they, when you have two they, armies moving they at each other, to yeah, the they same. happen to intersect. And, of huh. course, all of them are crapping their pants because, like, nobody's expecting, like, that the other troops well, are going to be there. They're just marching, right? They're not, like, yeah, they're just, they're marching, marching to a the battle. Road. They All their supplies are packed up. They, you know, yeah. they, they maybe have their – would they even be carrying a, a loaded gun at all? Yeah, yeah. Well, probably, yeah. Like, like what? Yeah. Okay. But even um, so, you're uh, oh oh hi, I didn't see you there. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> so the first shots would be fired at eleven twenty in the morning as the armies collided, where McLaw uh, was initially able to push back the Union forces under General Sykes. But Sykes would counterattack uh, in, in the late morning, early evening, and be able to actually push back McLaw. Okay. So he, Union armies making progress. Like okay, oh so crap, one step we got back two steps forward. Exactly. They were able to retake all their position, the lost ground that the Union had lost at the initial part of the morning or early afternoon battle. Uh, Jackson would attempt to send General Ambrose Wright uh, down an unfinished railroad well south and well beyond the Union lines and attempt to, you know. Okay. Circumvent. Surprise him in the rear. Circle him yeah. in the rear. That's his, that's his go-to move. Hit him in the flank behind him. Uh, but this was really pretty much useless as an attack because Howard's 11th Corps was moving up in support of the Union lines. And, oh, there's guys moving down there. Well, <laughs> hey, look probably, at should, uh, probably should go stop them before <laughs> they get behind us. Not as sneaky so, as they were hoping. So no real, no real issue there on that part of the first battle, uh, or the first battle of the first day. So uh, Sykes was uh, was pushing McLaws' forces uh, down the road, but advanced a little bit too fast of General Slocum, who was on the southern road, that, that southern plank road on the Union forces. And so by 2 a.m., uh, General Sykes was forced to withdraw to Slocum, uh, Slocum's lines. So basically, you have the northern line that pushed forward too far from the southern line yeah they gave up a little bit of ground so that way your your southern lines flanks not exposed okay good move not a bad move it's a strategic withdrawal i understand that 100 percent. so right now even today at this point battle's looking good for the union they're able to still push confederate forces east we're mm -hmm. making progress yeah although at fredericksburg nothing's happening why not? Like the Union's just no one's doing there. anything. They're just yeah. They're just they're just sitting there. A little confusion of orders. 
and um, like they were supposed the to was, be doing stuff, right? Yeah, their their, their <laughs> presence was supposed to like keep Lee occupied, but yeah. they weren't actually engaging anybody. So, so other than just kind of sitting in the city, going, "Hey guys, we might not, start shooting." So not a lot. Be prepared just in case. That's yeah, it. <laughs> like, not a lot. Not a lot was going on. Um, by this time, around the early afternoon, or early evening, I should say, uh, Meade was making good progress and uh, was in a good position around uh, that Zion Church Hill. Uh, in fact, they had taken said hill and were in a really good position around the heights. Okay. We have the high ground. Yeah, right? they got it. They got it. They should win. And uh, and this is... Um, well, this is, this is where Hooker... Uh, starts crapping the bed so okay. at the beginning of may 1st he refuses to listen to a scout who said yeah the confederates are moving so he's wait, surprised that, wait, why like he I, like I said know. they were lying or just ignored the information just ignored the information didn't didn't really take it to heart so he could have relayed that information better to his commanding officers that were moving east could have given them a better heads up that the confederates were on the move and could have given them a better heads up that hey expect a battle and it could have led with better results, but but not really because they still had made good progress at this point. Okay, I mean, that's fine, but correct me if I'm wrong, but in a battle situation, more information's better, right? <laughs> like, yeah. You can't have too much. But, yeah. But General Cedric at Fredericksburg, he's still not doing anything. And so Meade, at this point, knows that he's not doing anything, has fear for some reason, and and says <laughs> later, uh, Hooker would say this, and I quote, To tell the truth, I just lost confidence in Joe Hooker. So Hooker, talking about the Battle of Chancellorsville on the first day, would say, and I quote, to tell the truth, I just lost confidence in Joe Hooker. Meade said that. No, no, Hooker said that. Hooker said so, he lost confidence in confidence Hooker? Confidence in himself in third person. Yeah. Oh, what God. What the hell are you doing, Hooker? So, I mean, yeah, like you said, at the beginning, so, it was just he got overwhelmed and just like, oh, uh, no, don't know what to do now, and just shut down. Yeah, so we're making progress. Meade's has taken the grounds. <laughs> Things are going really well, and Hooker decides, no, I want an all-out retreat back to the wilderness around Chancellorsville to set up defensive positions. Now, his thought yep. process here, before I completely throw him under the bus, his thought process here was that he wanted to engage a defensive campaign wherever possible. Seems like it's Which not I possible very many places when Which, you're a union I mean, trying to attack and take out an army, right? I, I, I get. His thought here was that, all right, what I'll do is I'll pull my troops back to better defended positions, which weren't, and uh, and then Lee would engage me there, and I'll have the upper hand. He wanted Lee to attack him. Okay. Well, But when you make an advance and you get a strategic point, like some heights that would, I don't know if you get artillery up on the top of those heights, have a clear view of the entire battlefield. Maybe you keep the heights! I probably would. Um, now, I think the other part... I have the high ground, Anakin! Don't try it! I think the other part of his problem is uh, he wants the South to attack, but everybody knows that this was a war of northern aggression, and so they were never going to do that, right? Like... 
Yeah. <laughs> right? That's yeah. That's exactly it. They would never they would never do that. Uh, me would try to argue with Hooker against these uh, these orders, saying, My God, if we can't hold the top of the hill, we certainly can't hold the bottom of it. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean sure. Yeah, if you can't hold the top of the yeah. hill, how do you expect to hold the bottom of it? Yeah. Makes they sense. They get artillery up there, they bangy bangy down on us. Yeah, it seems easy to make a top yeah, it seems easy to hold the top of the hill. Yeah. Uh, that didn't matter, and Hooker would order the general retreat back to the wilderness around Chancellorsville. But he would confuse that order because he sent another order saying, hey, wait till 5 p.m. before you start pulling out. But, of course, by the time that order got to the troops, most of them had already started They were packed out, up, so. yeah. <laughs> I packed my bags, boss. Like, what do you want, uh, Oops, do you want, do you want me to already... unpack for two more hours or three more hours? Whatever, <laughs> what time is it? We're already moving. So by all practical counts, you pretty much lost the battle right there. You gave up your advantage. You gave up your, your, your strategic positions. Well, and you, you stopped going with your plan. Like you, you stopped you going with your plan. Yeah, when you, you abandoned the plan. When you abandoned the plan, you're, you're asking for bad things to happen. Now, in, in Hooker's only defense... He was outnumbered in that particular part of the battlefield. Not heavily. But the one he where he had the high ground? Where he had the high ground, yeah. But still, hey. so I'm going to give up. I'm outnumbered, so I'm going to give up the better defended position for a weaker defended position. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the reason the South, like, weren't they able to defend with smaller numbers because they're in a defensive Defending? position? It's easier and you have the high ground and... They can keep trying to scamper up that hill, and you'll keep sending cannons of shrapnel at them. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you can find. Brilliant. But he doesn't do that. He pulls no, back. This... And basically creates a horseshoe position around Chancellorsville uh, with, with, again, Cedric still at Fredericksburg tw twiddling the stump. Just hanging out, chilling. So during the night of May 1st, uh, the Union began digging in, and Jackson assumed that Hooker would retreat across the river because... Well, he must have, we must have defeated him? Because why else would you leave <laughs> I mean, these yeah, good if, positions? If nothing else, it's good confusion. It, it's, it, you know, because the Southern Army is going to be like, why, why are they doing that? Are we still in and, battle? Uh, and, of course, Lee said, uh, said to Hooker, or said, not to Hooker, said to, um, to, to Stonewall Jackson, like, look, they're not just going to leave. We, we didn't win that easily. Right. And uh, so if the men are still there tomorrow, the Union forces are still there tomorrow, we're going to have to engage them tomorrow. Yeah, it's a trap. And cause an attack. That's a trap. Which, which is, to be fair to Hooker, it is playing into his thought, I guess. Lee is going to attack if the, yeah. you're still there. So I guess, okay. But the problem is Hooker left his, uh, his right flank up in the air really really exposed so his left flank was heavily protected again you've got the river you've got some natural defenses you've mm -hmm. got heavy reinforcements you're protected on the left your right flank is pretty much the core of misfits that you don't like that have low morale that you are only going to use up for uh, for mop-up operations and not actual direct engagement so so okay, so they took all the maybe do something to fix your right flank. So they, it, you're saying not only does it not have the the natural protections, but it's also bottom of the barrel as far as your companies go or whatever. Yep, yep, okay. yep, yep. 
Uh, so over the night, obviously, Hooker realized that Cedric's deception didn't work because, obviously, you're facing the bulk of Lee's army here and not at Fredericksburg, which, again, a smart person would have gone, all right, if the bulk of the army is here, then what's at Fredericksburg? Maybe not maybe the bulk take, of the army. <laughs> maybe we take maybe we take Fredericksburg instead yeah. and pressure Lee's rear. Which is what they like to do. And they didn't do it given the, this opportunity. Yeah, that's like leadership one oh one, but they didn't do it. Well um to be fair, instead, he, got, he was twenty six out of fifty, right? He was, he was 26 out of 50. So instead, what he does is he orders General Reynolds, who's with under Cedric's command over at Fredericksburg, he orders him to, uh, to reinforce his left flank. His, his goal here was to have Reynolds dug in along the left flank uh, by, you know, mid-morning. The problem was Hooker thought that since Cedric didn't attack at Fredericksburg, he must have retreated across the river, which he didn't. Yeah. So... By mid-morning of May 2nd, Reynolds was still crossing the river, as opposed to being dug in as reinforcements. So, um, yeah, so I mean, this this all came down to radio communication was not invented soon enough. Well, yeah, partly, just, again, <laughs> lack of confidence, I would say, is the yeah. bigger issue here. Um, leadership, now, plan, lack of leadership, maybe? Lack of leadership. Now, Lee's plan is, uh, is, is basically he's got uh, another threefold plan uh, he's going to split his army again he's going to send all of stonewall's jackson's command down this newly built narrow road that goes through the wilderness around the entire union position and hit them from behind it oh, will wow. be a 12 okay. yeah it's going to be a 12 mile march it's so, a roundabout that's got to be because this army's huge they're circulating yeah, yeah. big yeah it's a, it's a 12 mile hike in order for it to work, he's got to make that hike largely undetected by the Union line. And um, and things make noise when you're in an army. You have uh, equipment. This canteen yeah. makes noise. That's just me hitting it. And when yeah. you're walking, that's what it sounds like. And now you've got like 30,000 dudes with that shit. It's yeah. going to make noise. You're going to hear it for miles. Well, I mean, just, I mean, just stepping on sticks. I mean, forget any carrying any equipment which you're hauling all sorts of it if you have thirty thousand people walking in the woods someone's gonna hear it yeah (laughs) well so that has to go largely undetected hooker has to stay in defense for this plan to work of lee's and not engage in any kind of counter assaults which no problem there (laughs) right uh and uh and lee has to be able to keep uh Cedric's forces at Fredericksburg contained, which, well, that doesn't seem like that's going to be a problem because, well, they're kind of just sitting there. Not doing they're hanging it. out. They're, they're, they're chilling. <laughs> Still just whatever. Jackson would start moving his troops around 7 a.m. on May 2nd. The Union observation balloon, the Eagle, seemingly didn't see them moving, even though the Confederate soldiers were like, uh, crap, that's a balloon. The- Hope they don't see us. Re- so they were just probably staring off in the distance, admiring the horizon and the sunset, sleeping. God knows what they were. Is that what they were doing? Is that curvature on the Earth? No, it's flat. What's what's all that dusty cloud moving down? <laughs> I don't worry about that. Probably just some deer. No, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't. Worry. Yeah, it's a it's a couple hundred thousand deer. 
Uh, but the Third Corps of the Union Army did see the movement and began an artillery engagement on uh, on Jackson's forces, although it was pretty much useless because of the dense forest that is around Chancellorsville. This is so basically uh, before the war, there was almost a clear cut of the forest, and then they let it regrow. And when yeah. you have a second growth forest, it's a lot of brush, it's a lot of dense foliage. Yeah. So you've got a second growth forest here. Um, and so, so Union, why was the artillery not good Well, because, I mean, it, it's hard to see where you're shooting at. So you're just also inaccuracy. Like, just the dense amount of the forest kind of deflects some it's of the a shrapnel. Lot of the stuff. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't super effective, but General Sickles of the I'll, Union Army. I'll bet it scared the shit out of him, though. Uh, yeah, probably made him made the pants. <laughs> like, pan I mean, I, not effective as far as, like, hitting people and stuff, but I'm sorry, you're, you're doing a march where you know you have to be secret and quiet and everything, and then all of a sudden, artillery starts coming down at you. down that's, on you. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's, and that's, it's a fun, a fun fact here, and that's why the Confederates' initial uniform was what was called butternut, which was a brown color, so that way, uh, you, they, you know, if they crap their pants, you wouldn't know. I like that. See, that's a good yeah. idea. That's that's thinking ahead. That's a fun little, fun little fact for you at home. <laughs> at home. Uh, General Sickles of the Union Army would warn Hooker of the movement. Um, and uh, this is another one of Hooker's brilliant thoughts here. He gets warning from one of his generals and says, hey, look, your flank's about to be turned. They're a and coming. Hooker says, nah, they're just retreating. Towards you? And behind you? <laughs> like... Yeah, they're going to keep running away. They're going to get behind us and then just keep keep going away from us. Oh, Jeez. man. I mean, he, so he, like, it sounds like he had, like, a mental breakdown and just, like, just <clears throat> shut just down the shut whole down. system. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it. Um, now, he would issue two orders. The first order would be to General Sedgwick that says, hey, like, if at all – this is, again, one of those mistakes of language – if at all possible – Engage at, at at Fredericksburg. Take take the take the Confederate positions at Maris Heights and Pleasant yeah. Hill. Um, if at all, possible. Cedric Cedric looks at them and goes, uh, "Not possible." No, I mean, you know, like like we tried that before. Yeah, with Burnside. So it's not falling into his realm to, of. They cut this. us to shit. <laughs> we don't want to do that yeah. again. No, so he didn't you. do that again. Yeah, yeah. No, no, thank you. We're we're. So We're this not is him. Do that again. So because of Hooker being just a timid little general, instead of saying "do this," he said "if at all possible," which gave him the do it. Yeah, yeah, it gave him because he's like, like no, oh, you, that's you not no, possible. Do so. it. Take it. Take it. But he didn't. He didn't. Um, he would also order General Sickles, who's who's on that, uh, you know, with Hooker down on the west. It's hard to do this visual, like without the maps, which of course you at home with YouTube are going to be able to have, but uh, but the radio listeners aren't. No. If you're but, listening but, on Spotify, check out the YouTube channel if you need maps. But Sickles is on the right. Uh, yeah, he's on the right flank of Hooker's army. Sickles does engage with confidence uh, Jackson as he's moving, but he engages him with his uh, sharpshooters, the Burnside sharpshooters, uh, not Burnside. Yeah, Burnside. Burdan. Burdan. It's Burdan. Sorry, not ah. Burnside. Burdan. Burnside's the other jackass. Yeah. Burdan sharpshooters. These are the guys in the awesome green uniforms with some pretty badass sharps rifles. Nice. But the order kind of comes a little bit too late, and so they're only really able to harass the rear of Jackson's army, which doesn't do a whole lot to stop his advance. Yeah, everybody and obviously else doesn't past. prevent him from getting up and behind the Union positions. Now, 
I have to talk a little bit about General Howard of the Union 11th Corps. Now, the 11th Corps is the Corps of Misfits. Mm, this, so this Hooker, is the right flank? This is the or, right flank. Okay. Hooker did warn uh, General Howard of the impending doom, so to speak. He said, yeah, um, you might want to prepare for a surprise attack because we don't – we lost Jackson. He's in the woods somewhere, and we don't – you know, he gone. Where he's at. Bye. <laughs> and I don't think he's retreating. So maybe make some preparations for a surprise attack. Yeah, yeah it might be coming your way. General House said, "No, nah, I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> I don't wanna. Just let it. Wanna. Nah. I don't know. I was told I was supposed to be a reserve. <laughs> I'm not gonna do shit. <laughs> sir, so, uh, sir, you're misunderstanding the the definition of reserve. We're calling you up now. We're going to need you. Nah. Uh-uh. Nah. Uh-uh. nah I, I was in it for the free free supplies. So, so Johnny, at 5 p.m., you're never going to guess what happened. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to – can I guess? You yes, want, you can you guess. Want guess. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to guess that the, the North just won the battle. Nobody got attacked, and the South retreated. Yeah, or uh, Jackson cut the shit out of the 11th Corps because, uh, oh. well – General Howard made no preparations, and at 5 p.m., Stonewall Jackson was in position and did a full-out assault. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. So, so, he, so he was attacking. He wasn't retreating. That was... No, oh. he was definitely, definitely attacking. Now, there is a bright side of this initial engagement of the 11th Corps, uh, and I, I want to point out a, a, a General Dillinger, uh, not John Dillinger, uh, yeah. for you at home, but he, uh, he he stood his ground for 20 minutes with a single artillery piece, firing double canister into the Confederates' approach, and was able to hold the position for 20 minutes until it was like, they, they're right there, I have to limber <laughs> this gun and move. <laughs> so he did put up as much of a I valiant asked... defense as you possibly can give. Um, did he get a medal for bravery or anything? Cause uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he, he should have. Taken, you know, probably probably we'll say he did i don't know if he did or not but we'll, we'll, we'll award it to him the historic hindsight medal of bravery has been awarded to john for, dillinger for, for to john dillinger for operating a union gun with double canister into the confederates which at home if you don't remember what a double canister it is it is a coffee mug like this uh filled with lots of musket balls <laughs> and then you put two of those in your gun and fire it at one time and turn your gun into a huge ass shotgun and it's fun. very very effective. Very Especially effective against a bunch range. of troops just marching straight at you, I'd imagine. Yep, super effective. By 11 p.m., um, General Sickles was pretty much the only force between Jackson and Lee on the Union right flank. So he's kind of surrounded at this point and goes, yep, I'm hosed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Could, can you, he can he would, raise a white flag or something, or has he just got to— well, he's 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 trying his best. Sickles tries his best. He's he's not a bad Union general. At 11 p.m., Sickles was able to repulse one of Jackson's patrols uh, via Sickles' um, artillery, uh, which, um, in truth, this was really just a scouting patrol that yeah. an artillery unit shot at and got them to retreat. And they're like, so Yay! they're like, we did it, <laughs> we won the battle. But in reality, it was, it was like twelve you, dudes on. Horses. It was like twelve dudes yeah. on horses that you repulsed. So congratulations, <laughs> you did. You helped nothing in and the battle. Like, oh, like, turns whatsoever. out, turns out we found out exactly where they are. They're shooting from right there. But this so, would later this would later blow up into some like large grandose heroic stand that we put mean, in the papers. But it, yeah, <laughs> hey, win, win, winners write the uh, history books, right? 
right? Uh, I mean, they didn't win this, this one, but, you know. They didn't win this one. Shortly after that, Sickles would order an attack north um, of his position from Hazel Grove towards Plank Road and hope that he could break out from his kind of, I'm going to predicament where I've got enemies on both sides of me. Yeah, want to uh, get them not on was, both sides. Uh, it, it's very dark at 11, you know, 11 p.m. and midnight uh, anyways. And yeah. then uh, before electricity was invented, it's really dark. Now, uh, it's, it is dark, uh, and um, it's hard for you to determine in blue whether you're in blue or gray or what forces are coming or what forces are going. So right, yeah. he immediately comes under fire by Union guns, uh, Union artillery pieces, and decides, yeah, we can't actually move at night. This is, this is stupid. Yeah. So he calls off his assault and brings his position, or brings his troops back to, the, uh, to their original position. So around the same time, Jackson was wanting to push through the night to ensure that Union forces don't reorganize because they are still heavily outnumbered by the Union positions. So if they don't continue to press the advantage and they allow the Union to regroup, yeah. they're still hosed. They realize, they're yeah. still yeah. outnumbered. And as, as well as this attack was on the Union, uh, on the, uh, the 11th Corps, they really only suffered about 1,200 casualties. So they were still I a mean, fighting force. Yeah. Because remember, 130,000 yeah. total. Yeah, that was still able to, to be regrouped. So... Yeah, you had a victory, but it wasn't anything decisive. And Stonewall right. knows that and wants to press through tonight, so he's trying to determine the feasibility of a night assault. So he decides to go on with his staff to uh, to to do some midnight scouting, so to speak. And uh, and he goes beyond the Confederate lines over to where the Union lines are, and his staff officers like, yeah, um, we're outside of our position, maybe. Maybe we should go back. Yeah. Like, we're kind of exposed out here. Jackson would say, and I quote, the danger is all over. The enemy is routed. Go back and tell AP Hill to press right on. So his response to this is he's seeing the lines going, they've routed. We're good. Let's press through tonight. Yeah. As he's returning with his staff uh, to his own lines, he was misidentified by uh, as Union Cavalry by the 18th North Carolina Infantry, who promptly shot them Ooh, there's oops. a whole midnight thing and blue and gray look yeah, really similar yeah. at yeah these are dark colors and at night yeah uh hey they're coming from union lines they must be union soldiers right shoot maybe so. tell somebody that you're leaving your position before oh, you leave right. your position and come back um he is shot three times None of the three wounds are outright mortal, but it does cause him to have to go back to the med aid camp. It does cause him to lose an arm. And in this interim, it takes him out of the battle. So yeah. now Lee has lost what he himself calls his right-hand man on this very important battle. And did his right-hand man lose his right hand? or was? Uh, you know what? I think it was. I think it was his right hand. I think so we're losing right, right hands all over the place. Yeah, we're losing, we're, we're losing right hands all over the place. And, and can um, I remind everybody that during the Civil War, it doesn't matter what injury you had, it was potentially lethal. Like you, you said, they were not directly lethal or whatever. You know, they're not yeah, mortal not wounds mortal. or anything like that, but... Like a scratch during that time Whoa. could could be lethal. So you'll find out next week what happens to uh, to, to old Stony. Uh, probably and, sepsis uh, or something. Who knows? You're, you're not that far <laughs> off. Uh, but in any case, 
at the end of May second, you know, the morning of May third, he's he's out of commission. Yeah, now. he's been he, shot yeah, by he's his own men in the in the little yeah. makeshift hospital bed, whatever. Before I end on this cliffhanger of what's gonna happen, Stonewall Jackson, you know, the the newsreel, Stonewall Jackson's been shot by his own man. <sighs> Union forces in route. Who's gonna win the battle? Uh, stay tuned. Uh, will he live? Know. Will he live? What will Who become knows? of his right arm? Um, I'm going to speculate here, and I'm going to speculate on my own personal belief based on nothing historical. This is not a historical fact. This is not a historical-based precedent. I have no historical precedent for it. But I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb here. Stonewall Jackson, while loved by his own troops, also got that nickname at the first Battle of Bull Run when he refused to give up the high grounds after taking well over 50% casualties. He also did the same thing in the Mexican-American War, where he just stood his ground and refused to surrender or retreat. And just and let took people a die. Shit ton of casualties and let people die. He was in a position and a habit of letting his soldiers die at any cost, as long as he won the battle or the war. So, so it sounds like he's loved by his troops the same way Bill Belichick's loved by his players. Yeah. So it's within all reason to believe that maybe some of these troops weren't a big fan of him. And maybe some of those troops of the 18th Illinois were like, I don't want to go on a stupid, blind, midnight attack. Oh, it must be a Union guy. Bang, bang, bang. Oops. All right, so you're, so you're just accusing and... all of these, uh, all, all of this regiment or whatever, as uh, you're accusing them of being murderers. No, not, well, Yes. yes. <laughs> he hasn't died yet, Johnny. Though, so it's not. Oh, okay. Yet. Attempted murder, it's but like, you, but if you're shooting at somebody, you could like, you're trying to murder them. I mean, yeah. Especially in the dark, they're not taking aim and being like, "Oh, I'm gonna shoot him in the shoulder and and just make him lose an arm." Like, you know, those guns weren't that accurate anyway. Well, they were, but that's that's wait, they were. Yeah, these guns oh, were whatever. super accurate, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, if you're good and trained with them. Well, yeah, these average average soldier who's like, not accurate for I, me, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, not accurate for you. I washed my clothes with the lever down by the creek. Yeah, those guys probably aren't the most accurate. But in any case, that's where we're, that's where we're gonna pause for this week. All right, that's it for this week in historic hindsight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and join us next week where we talk about the Battle of Chancellorsville again.